Well, the US dollar's found few friends in this market and sellers easy to come by. And that's had big implications for broad asset markets. But is this the time to counter? Clients seem to think that's the case. We've seen gold benefiting and pushing above 2,000, but can this kick and start to trend? We've just seen Nvidia's results coming out. They've smashed expectations, as you imagine, but the market wanted to see more and the stock's down after hours. What does that mean for the NASDAQ? Well, Blake and I put that to the test and we ask once again, do we chase this market? This is the trade-off. Well, hi there, my name is Chris Weston, Head of Research at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And as always, we will be looking at the charts, which are front of mind, the key thematics, which are rocking both yours and my world, and all traders around there. So, Mr. Blake Morrow, come into the program. And this is a very seasonal show today because you're off uh, celebrating uh, Thanksgiving. So, we've moved the show a day forward. So, I hope you uh, and the Morrow family are going to be having something. Uh, good to eat, and, and and you're going to be celebrating uh, in in Arizona there. We will be. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a. And this holiday is about giving thanks. I, I thank you guys. The first of all, Pepperstone and Chris. I thank you for uh, for being you know having me be part of this show. But pleasure, more mate. importantly, our I thank pleasure. our viewers. I thank our viewers really for like always. You know, chipping in, giving us a thumbs up, jumping in the comments, and for being sure. interactive with this show. So it's uh, it's good a time you, for guys. being thankful. Thanks, indeed, so. indeed. Well, I hope, I hope you have a, a, a good and safe uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll be back next week, and, and hopefully you'll be refreshed in, in that situation. But there's obviously a lot to talk about right now, Blake, and, and I'd like to pick your brain in Topical Thunder. We've just seen um, NVIDIA's results coming out, Blake. Um, obviously, a major part of the, the Magnificent Seven. Um, and actually, I think 15% of the move or the variance that we've been seeing in the NASDAQ and S&P this year has been driven by that one stock, NVIDIA. Um, now, they have come out with numbers after hours, and the stock, if you have a look at their guidance um, for sales and also for guidance for data centers, I mean, once again, they've absolutely taken it to the woodshed and chopped it up. It's amazing. But you know they've they've told us that that you know sales in China are going to come down sharply. They're going to try and make it up in other areas. And look, I think generally speaking, we're waiting for the conference call because you know, the CEO's a rock star when hitting the market in the sweet spot. Um, but the market's priced to perfection here. I mean, we don't look at valuations with Nvidia. Of course, we don't. It's, a, it's just pure momentum play. But the market wanted something more, and um, you know that that's modestly weighing on on futures after hours. Um, <clears throat> but you know, like the the the, the the Nasdaq has been this huge momentum beast, and it continues to be so. We're just oscillating around sixteen thousand, with the magnificent seven very much in there. Now, I will say that Amazon, where there's talk that Jeff Bezos is, is selling a, lot, a chunk of stock, and that's that's impacting there. Um, but you know, in terms of what you've been seeing for price action, magazine, all these different stocks in there, and what it means for the Nasdaq. Last week, we I, we talked about the idea of chasing the NASDAQ. I said I, I was probably quite keen to do so. You were less hesitant. Actually, it's up about 70 basis points from, from this time last year, so neither of us are right. Um, what are you doing now? Uh, that's a great question. Now, first of all, I, I actually think uh, Bezos probably saw our show last week. He, he realized that the Amazon's at the 618 retracement, and uh, you know he, he knew that you, <laughs> that you guys were going to stick it to him, so... Yeah, he said, I, I got I to gotta go ahead and bail, uh, which <laughs> makes a lot of sense. But as far as NVIDIA goes, you know, it, it's interesting. I, 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 
it's interesting. They have pulled the market higher. You talk about the magnificent, I can't even say it, seven. How about the super seven? Anyway, they've been pulling the markets higher. But you know what we've seen is when when some of the 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 um, the, the leaders have pared back in recent months or over the last year, you know, uh, you get a lot of rotation and and it ends up going from like tech into you know maybe a higher dividend paying stocks, different sectors, you know whether it's healthcare or what have you. So you know it's it is interesting to watch Nvidia. It is as you pointed out, price to perfection. Stock had an initial dip and it was it was down like two three percent it's bounced back a lot of people are worried about china a lot of people worry about um you know the the supply the supply uh issues that they may have whether they're going to be able to deliver on time but overall i think the stock is just hitting it out of the park i guess the question is you know do do am i worried about it or am i worried about what the stock may do you always have to be in this type of situation especially when you have leadership that is really just taking the reins of the market um, but what we've seen, if history is any guide, what we've seen this year is there's a lot of diversification, our portfolio diversification. Unless there's a reason that, you know, asset managers and institutions need to sell stocks because we're in a recession, which we're not in uh, as of yet, doesn't mean there isn't one coming. Um, right now, you know, I think it's status quo and the markets are holding on to gains pretty well. I just want to jump in before you move on to the next one. Two points. Firstly, with NVIDIA, Forget about fundamentals. It's about the vision, and you've got to and shareholders got to believe that other people are going to buy the stock. <laughs> that's a, it's just a momentum tool. That's a, that's what it is. And so would I would I chase the Nasdaq um, and these stocks here? Absolutely, I would. I mean, um, I I don't I I have no position in the Nasdaq right now. Um, but if it starts pushing higher and breaking out with the rate of change, yeah, I'm going to jump in. Um, I don't want to. I don't like it. Um, you know, I'm not an active manager. I don't have to you know, compare my performance to a benchmark. Um, do I think it's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen this time. But if it, if it does kick up and that rate of change pushes up, and again, you're coming to volume and bits and pieces, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to chase that. Do I think it's going to happen? Maybe not though. Yeah, that's a good good point. Well, we're we're going to stay along the same <coughs> excuse me stay along the same themes, Chris, and we're going to move it to the next um, topic. We're going to talk about market markets and. You know, I think your, I think your title of the of last week's show was something to the effect of "only the brave, you know, get paid" or something like that, right? Did I that get that abs- correct? It was completely wrong. No, you were wrong. I, I can't even remember what it is, but it was definitely wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, or markets markets compensate the brave. Whatever. Anyway, skepticism doesn't pay because if you want to talk about last week, I was a little skeptical, and you know, the markets are up maybe over a percent since last time we met, which was last week, less than a week ago, six days ago. So, you know, skepticism on my part didn't really pay to be a little skeptical, but there are some things that I want to point out that maybe it might be rearing its head a little bit here and, and reasons that we might need to be a little skeptical. You said something when the show first started, Chris, that your clients are starting to bet that the dollar may rebound, yep. something like that. Okay, yeah. and, and uh, you you, yeah. you you get a different view than I do of of what you know Pepperstone clients are doing. But here's the thing, you know, we also the the dollar index found support right in the middle of the range at the fifty percent retracement. Um, copper, the Aussie dollar, uh, I think the Kiwi did too. Hit the two hundred DMA, really rejected today. VIX is at its two thousand twenty three lows, showing some complacency. 
Uh, bullish outside day on the U.S. dollar Mexican peso. If you saw the U.S. dollar South African rand, emerging market currencies got destroyed today. Yields look weak, and that means the bond market's a little firmer here. And a, a lot of people will say, well, you know, maybe it's because, you know, maybe because do the dollar is going down. But I think bonds could be showing you maybe a different hand that maybe they're going up because people are starting to reallocate into something that will pay them a guaranteed, uh, you know, uh, a rate of return after this big of a run higher in equities. So what are your thoughts about the markets at this level? Because I'm still skeptical. Yeah, I think you've come into this area now where the markets had a big move in the dollar. Um, we're not sure just keep it pushing it down. No, you're right, clients are, are, are net long, as they probably are across the whole retail brokerage scene, to be fair. People have, have seen that big move down. They're looking for a bit of a counter, a bit of mean reversion, perhaps. Um, but I think, you know, you go into a lot of the Euro plays, Euro CAD, um, you know, uh, Euro Swiss, a lot of these pairs, Euro stocky, they've all had these big moves recently. Um, and they're just seeing exhaustion. So there's this kind of pause for reflection in a lot of the trades that have been working. A lot of the trend trades have have just paused. We're seeing that in crypto, Bitcoin. We're seeing that in 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 the Nasdaq. So after these, there's been money to be made in in trends in across the asset classes. Um, we're just seeing this just this just pause just to see what happens. So yeah, I think people have taken profits on a lot of those trades, and now we're just want to waiting for the market to reveal its hand. Do we do we actually get that 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 counter move, or does it kick back up? So we're in this hiatus. We need the market to reveal itself across these asset classes. I will say that if you have a look at ten-year real rates, I think they're really important. You know, ten-year tips. They're trading at two twenty at the moment. They're right on the support. I think if that breaks down and the rate of change accelerates, that will be very positive for risk indeed. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right. A lot of what we've been seeing is there's been some really big moves, some good money's been made, and now we're just sort of pausing. The other one that you want to look at, and I'm, I don't know, it'd be interesting to know if it, how much it's on your radar, but it's definitely been on my radar, is the US dollar against the Chinese yuan, CNH. You know, it's been big a rip, ripping downtrend, um, and the PBOC have, have, have allowed it to happen. Um, and, you know, it's a managed, well, the, the, the CMY is a managed currency, but you've seen that trend. And I think that, that a lot of the dollar flows that you've been seeing have resonated and stemmed from dollar CNH. So I'll be watching that cross very closely as well. So people are selling rallies in that, in my opinion. And I think that that's a really important cross for markets. Well, uh, as we go into the next topic, I will comment on that as well. Go on, in. So. hit me, hit me. No, okay, fine. We'll, we'll leave that next one. I want to say quickly that while well, I've got the mic, um, yeah, like the, a lot of the, a lot of what's working, um, you know, is that momentum. But the, the thing that I was talking about last week of play of the day was looking for some outperformance from Chinese markets, and that hasn't happened. You know, we I closed the trade pretty quickly um, for a small loss on that one, but it's been very disappointing. We've got some very good headlines, positive headlines about stimulus playing through. Market just doesn't want to <clears throat> market just doesn't want to bar of it. So, you know, just really tough times in China in terms of their equity markets. So many full starts there. Going back to the dollar turn, um, you know, we talked about that dollar CNH there, and we, I, I think we can start with that one as well but euro dollar pushed up into sort of 109.50 a few sellers kicking in there as, as kind of we talked about last week we were kind of expecting that dollar yen uh, has been you know, a really big mover into 148.10 just seeing that move up a little bit now um yeah, the dollar index has, you know, has been weak and, and that started to find a few buyers. It looks like consolidating. 
Um, but well, I think yeah, dollar CNH has been right at the epicenter of that one. And I think that the fundamental reasons for this is that the, the US exceptionalism story has been queried. The right hand side of the dollar smile has come into fruition. And that is that the rest of the world has sort of mean reverted. The US data has been worse than expected, or certainly CPI numbers, retail sales were right, but some of the other data has shown a, a bit of a slowdown and it's just caught up. So I think that's really the right hand side of the US dollar smile has called into question there. Um, but Blake, I've um, yeah, I talked about the dollar for a while. So you get hit me with you know, how you're seeing it. Well, uh, first of all, going to the U.S. dollar CNH, Chris, um, you, 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 yeah, you pointed it out. It, it just a huge downdraft. Now we did. If you don't, if you don't recall, uh, throughout the summer we were in a very tight trading range. We did a simple range extension, and today the low today, and I, I don't have the quote right off the top of my head because it's not a currency pair that I follow like that I'm trading all the time, but we just basically, we hit that range extension low and finally found some support. So we had that move, dollar index, 50% retracement. The Euro dollar, as you pointed out, the zero, uh, 1.0960 is the 618 retracement. 200 DMA Aussie, 200 DMA uh, Kiwi. Uh, you had the dollar Canadian that's holding up relatively well. The dollar, the dollar yen showing some signs of weakness as we broke through like an ascending channel. Uh, and, it, and yeah, we dipped right to 47, bounced right back to 48 and change now. Um, then you have uh, th then you have uh, the sterling, which sterling actually looks pretty damn good as we go into this autumn statement tomorrow. But I think the majority of the dollar selling has been done. However, however, we have PMIs that come out of the UK and the Eurozone, and, and that's going to be really closely watched on Thursday morning in Europe. Then on Friday, as we have a half day of trading in the U.S., we'll have U.S. PMI. So, you know, you go back to that U.S. exceptionalism story. Does it revive itself or, you know, does or does European data, you know, at least not get any worse and the U.S. data continues to weaken? I think and, the other thing, you, you, yeah. you make some good points there about these data points um, and the, 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 the manufacturing number for both um, the uh, U.K., and uh, Europe is going to be woeful. It's going to, it's going to be less woeful um, in terms of consensus, but it's still going to be very woeful. It's the service numbers that you want to look at in Europe, UK, and the US. Because if we see a con you know, deeper contraction um, in in Europe and the UK, that I think that's where you're going to get the concern in markets and you see sterling sellers and recession callers up. And that's going to be the same in the US on Friday when we see the S&P global numbers there. You know, if the, the service numbers are expected to modestly expand just above that 50 boom bust level. But if we do see a 49 handle on it, I think the, the US dollar could come under seller. And before that one, in the session ahead, Blake, we've got durable goods numbers. That's the preliminary numbers. I said that well. Um, and the market's <laughs> expecting them to drop 3.2%. Now that does feed very strongly into the GDP, uh, the Q4 GDP now cost models, which are running around 2% at the moment. So the market's expecting a big decline. If it comes worse than that, then I think you see um, the run rate for GDP, GDP in the US coming under pressure. So I think I'm not expecting fireworks. Obviously, it depends on the outcome. But if I'm running dollar positions, um, that, that durable goods number could influence the tape. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. And I mean, the dollar is the big story and it's uh, the market's going to be revolving around it, especially after such a big move that we've seen the last couple of weeks, for sure. Um, but but I want to take it to our next topic, Chris. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the yen. And I know both both of us actually brought some yen charts, which 
make sure you all stick around because we got I'm, I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of talking about this with the yen um i i did a a quick you know uh, one minute video yesterday about uh <laughs> about the dollar or is it the yen and you know chris it's just it's not it's not you it's me that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> no but that's that that's what i was trying to point out is what we're starting to see is we're starting to see yen strength and it's not just the dollar yen yes the dollar yen it, it, it falls under the envelope of being a dollar pair. Everybody's like, oh, it's the dollars really on the move. But if you look at like the Euro yen, Sterling yen, Aussie yen, New Zealand yen, Canadian yen, some pretty big reversals from, from some pretty big levels over the course of the last week. And I was reading um, because you talked about it last week, Chris. I had to, I said, fine, I'll sit down and read Goldman Sachs 2024 outlook. Blah. So I did. And, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at, you know, I think it was the second second quarter of 2024 where, you know, the BOJ is going to have to, you know, wrap up yield curve control and, and start to start to, uh, um, you know, tinker with rates. Anyway, the thing about the 6J, which is the the the, uh, you know, yen contract, we, we also created this double bottom technically. So the thing is, I think 2024 is going to be the year of the yen. Uh, and, and, and I, and I have, a, I have a sense that you feel kind of the same way. What are your thoughts about the yen here? If we, if we, if we strip everything to the bare bones and look at interest rate expectations for next year, what's priced into swaps curves by the end of next year, the market is saying that we're expecting 25 basis points of hikes from the bank of Japan. Obviously I think they've kind of already moved away from yield curve control, um, the RBA are probably the other outlier with the Bank of Japan who, yeah, there's about 10 basis points of cuts being priced in. But in the US, we've got 92 basis points of cuts being priced in by the end of the year. Uh, Europe, something similar. The UK, just a bit less. So most G10 central banks are expected to ease quite, quite aggressively, but the Bank of Japan are supposed to do the opposite, right? So if this year has been the year of central bank diversions and, and carry, if you if you flip that around on a very simplistic level, you've got to say that, that from a central bank divergence trade, that the, the Bank of Japan are going to be doing the opposite. So it makes sense to be be long yen, but no, I don't think anything's ever that simple in, in currency trading. It really obviously depends on a lot more. But you know, from a simple uh, divergence trade, you've got one doing one thing and, and and another doing another. The question is, is will the will the Fed live up to those expectations? Will they actually ease? Uh, by the 90 odd basis points that the market's pricing in. You know, we're going into a presidential election. You know, I was debating with Mr. Michael Brown the other day whether, um, you know, that the election would have any bearing on the Fed policy. They're fiercely independent. Some people have made the connection that perhaps the Fed won't want to raise aggressively going into election. I, I disagree with that. I think the Fed, you know, will just set monetary policy by what they see. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, the question is, is, um, from a divergence perspective, it definitely favours the yen, but that's very simplistic. The question you've got to ask yourself is what's being priced into the rates markets? Is that going to come to fruition? Have the markets become overzealous and therefore we've got to pare back some of that dollar weakness? I think that's the case. I, I do believe um, in the yen for 2024, but I also think that the market's got a little bit overzealous on the dollar, dollar, dollar pairings. I also believe that what's being priced into rates markets for the UK is fair. If not, there could be some further. Um, they could cut more, and that could be the case in, in Europe. So, I yeah, from a dolly, I don't think everything's going to be universally. But I think there there are reasons to like the yen in two thousand twenty four for sure. And and before we move on, I, I to, being an American, being a boots on the ground American that I am, um, 
and and with uh you know i got a guy from australia and another one from the uk debating about presidents and whether they're gonna put pressure on the fed and you guys don't know that you guys don't know anything just kidding uh no but um jokes aside though i i actually believe the biden administration they could be as they could be as forceful as as they want it can affect the fed's thought process now do i think that uh if Trump was in office, he would have some clout with Jay Powell, one hundred percent. Well, he wants to get and rid I of Jay Powell. He, did. he wants him gone. Uh, he would. He, I know, but he would. He absolutely one hundred percent, in my opinion, uh, you know, push Powell around when he was in office. And I believe if he was here, he would be pushing the Fed around and demanding things. But I don't think the Biden administration, if they do, they'll 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 maintain their independence. In yeah, my no, I agree, I agree so, as well. Um, not no. being an American, but we get to see no. we get to see things unemotionally from here. Unfortunately, your news is chucked around, uh, but it does make it outside of the US, so we we, we get to debate it. <laughs> I love um, just harassing you. Guys. Anyway, let's go. Let's go to that <laughs> setup. All right, let's bring Dolly. <laughs> Totally yen up. What a segue. Um, hey. let's, let's bring it. So we go, we're very yen heavy today. Um, and look at the candle there. Um, so the price action guys, who, girls who are, who are working off dailies would have seen uh, the price action there. Big move for you know, new lows. We rejected those. The buyers have stepped up through there. Um, and the question is, is can it break through through the day's highs? And, and obviously that, that signals a reversal. Um, I like to see how it acts into that five-day exponential moving average, which you can see is the sort of the blue uh, moving average playing through there. Because you can see in these big, you know, these sharp moves down, um, we do see that price is contained into that level. So that, that for me is the issue. So we've got um, a, a sort of a... a an amber signal to suggest that yeah perhaps the sellers have exhausted here and that there could be a change of control. We now need to see um, yeah the buyers step in, create a higher high, um, and then I think you're going to see you know further short sellers who are going to be covering some of those positions based on that price action. But for me, I wouldn't be necessarily getting out of those shorts until we can close on a daily basis above that five day exponential uh, because I think you know in these big moves down you do see that confining. So we've got one signal to say hang on guys you know this, this trend may be over. Um, but we're not quite there at the moment. How are you reading this? Well, I was just short the dollar yen as if as it sliced through 150 earlier this week. I just closed it out this morning, so I, I'm actually looking guys. to sell. Yeah, it was it was a it was a really quick and a really I, it was a good trade. Uh, I am looking to sell rallies in the U.S. dollar, Japanese yen. I do not. I don't know if the the mess, if the trend is over. But the one thing we do have to realize the carry interest that you pay by being long yen and short other things, especially the dollar, it's, it's expensive and it's costly. And so, you know, you have to take that into account as you're trading counter this trend. Um, so, you know, I, I, I still look at it as it's trying to break down, looking for moves up to 149 and a half to 150 to be opportunities to be on the short side. But I think you have to be very, I like to call it target trading, Chris. That means no Know where you want to be involved and wait for that price level. Don't, don't, you know, skirt that. Just, you know, if, if you say, hey, I want to be short, if we see 149.49 again, wait till we get to 149.49. And if you, it doesn't get there, you just move on to the next trade. So, yeah, it's an go. interesting one. So, just summarize like, the way I'm thinking. We don't know if this trend's going to happen, but there are some reasons to believe that the sellers are exhausted. Now, obviously, price is what we trade. 
let's wait for the market to reveal itself and jump on. So, yeah, we're not yeah. out of the woods on the downtrend here, but uh, yeah, some reasons to believe it might be over. But we'll see see what's happening here. So definitely one that I think we need to keep on the radar. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take you over to the New Zealand yen. And once again, if you guys recall, I brought this trade up uh, a month or two ago. I can't remember. It was my play of the day or was a setup. Anyway, I, I made a little bit of money initially. Then, you know, the, the Kiwi yen went ripping back up towards that resistance and I lost money on the second half of my trade. But I'm giving it another world. You know, last week's high was at 91.20. And as long as we do not see above 91.20, I'm going to look to establish some new shorts here because I think it's a great setup. Any setup is a great setup for me when I can identify what the risk is. And I know above 91.20, I don't want to be short. Period. End of story. That's a multi-decade trend line. It is a, it's a big deal to me. We probed above it, did a false breakout thus far. So as long as we stay below it, I do want to be short. Now it's just finding that entry. Uh, and that's how I'm viewing the the Kiwi yen. Um, plus, I plus I I, I think that uh, with the New Zealand dollar hitting the 200 day DMA, it also sets up for decent Kiwi weakness moving forward. Um, but what are your thoughts on the <clears throat> Kiwi yen here? Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, there's definitely. I mean, I, I can imagine that the scalpers are sitting there just feeding for it, you know, putting selling every time it comes into 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 that resistance level and just picking up, yeah, you know, 30 pips or so. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be short yet at the moment. It needs work. It really needs work. But when it when it starts coming off, I think that could be very very powerful. You know, when I look at a setup like that, uh, a rejection off that, and and if it starts, yeah, you, know, you bring up a rate of change. That's an indicator I'd be using just to have a look at, yeah, the rate of change on that because it's the best momentum indicator you can have. Um, and that starts accelerating to downside. I'll be jumping on that because it's it's a very powerful rejection. Uh, right now, I wouldn't be doing anything. So it could break out. And again, that could be a very powerful statement in itself that it wants to push higher. Uh, but a rejection um, and, you know, you see a series of lower lows with good rate of change. I think that could be a, a good indication that we're probably going down to sort of the 80 level as well. But again, with like, the Kiwi yen, it's been a uh, historically and typically it's been a really good risk proxy. So if equity markets start rolling over, you are going to get Kiwi yen following suit along with the Aussie yen and Mex yen and things like that. But uh, it hasn't really been the case for a while. If you wanted safe haven flows recently, you've probably gone more to the to the to a Swiss franc or so. But the equity market needs to roll over. Vols need to pick up a little bit. So I, I couldn't tell you what the fundamental reason is here, Blake. Um, you know, the the interest rate differential trade. You know, it's going to take a long time to develop. Um, but yeah, right now, this is a chart you want to have up, but it needs a lot of work to, to convince me. Got it. What doesn't need a lot of work to convince me is gold. Let's bring the gold trade up because, yeah, we've seen big flows in this recently. And again, we've been talking about gold um, removing itself and going back to its sort of more typical fundamental drivers. It's obviously lost a, you know, pretty much all of the um, geopolitical um, hedging premium that people have used and is now reverting back to watching the bond market and also the US dollar. Um, with that weakness we've been seeing in the US dollar, that's clearly benefited gold in US dollar terms. Um, and we've also seen uh, you know, nominal and real rates coming under pressure um, or buyers coming through with yields moving lower. And we've seen that the correlation pick up between real rates and, and gold as well. So 10-year real rates below 220. Um, I think gold breaks through those highs. 
Um, but look, you know, if we look look at that, we 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 literally pushed higher, came back to the to the thirty eight point two percent retracement to the T. Buyers stepped in at that level, uh, and we're just testing those recent highs around sort of two thousand and eight. A break of that level, and we get the the thirty eight um, the the, the one hundred thirty eight percent extension of that level uh, around sort of two thousand and eighty, back into those kind of March two thousand and twenty two highs. So, I think it gets there, but it will take. A weaker US dollar, and it will take you know further fall in real rates, and which neither of those two situations I'm I'm overly convinced about. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. But the buyers at the moment seemingly in control of this. Blake, how are you seeing it? Uh, you know, first of all, you pointed it out, and I uh, I need to reiterate the 38% retracement hold in gold is golden. Okay, I'll show myself that's out now. Yeah, that's nice. That's <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> it's, but no, that 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 suggests that that we have more upside. But here, I was having this conversation with my colleagues a little bit earlier about uh, gold. The one thing that always keeps me hesitant is I'm not seeing silver breakout and silver twenty four twenty. That's the level we break above that, and I would be all about being long gold because I think gold's going to outperform silver, but I I'm, I'm fearful that, you know, when you have precious metals, you want them moving together, especially gold and silver. I mean, you know, some will out, you know, silver will outpace gold in some situations and vice versa. But in this case, silver is really struggling above 24 bucks. So if we get above 2420, which is a long-term triangle resistance, symmetrical, we break above that and gold is breaking out above 2010. I think you're going to get that momentum trade right up to 2080, as you're pointing out. I, I think it looks bullish. I wouldn't have want to seen, be sure. Have you, have, have you seen palladium? Have you, have you ever seen the daily or the, the sort of longer term time frames of, of palladium? That had that was down and out. Everyone was beat on that one. That's had a really nice rebound back into the recent highs. So, yeah, that's had a really strong move recently. That's come back on the radar in terms of the movement. So that's another one um, that, that's moved up. But it's coming to the similar sort of critical levels that we've been seeing there. So, yeah, another one yeah. That's on the, that should be on the radar. Yeah, let them all move, let them all break together. But I think the momentum behind it is real and it's there. Um, All right, well, the last setup is actually not one of my setups. It's one of our viewers setup. Now, remember, if you have have, uh, something that you want either Chris or myself to look at, Make sure you get down below. Jump in the comments. That's what we. That's why I'm looking at the Nifty 50 today. Uh, this is the Indian market, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it because we had a question on how we feel about the the, the Nifty. Now, uh, Chris, I know that you don't really follow it that closely, but I'm watching it just because it, it's it's paralleling a lot of other markets. You know, we've had about a six percent rally when the S and P off of those lows, recent lows, rallied what ten percent, eleven percent. You know, here in the Nifty, we we're up about uh, about six percent, but we're coming into some really critical resistance. Now, the one thing that I've noticed is the RSI is higher than the previous highs resistance, which that resistance is around nineteen thousand eight seventy. So, if we break above that and you see the S and P surging higher, you know, like especially over the next couple of days, we get into a little bit of a lull when when the market when volatility is down. Markets just start to grind higher. We break above 19,870, that resistance. We might, you know, challenge these recent highs. So I like the nifty here as long as we can break above that resistance. Do you have any thoughts on this chart, Chris? I'd be going long ASX, short nifty, just as a result of what happened in the cricket. So we'll see what happens in that one. I'm not sure if you followed that one, Blake, but I'm sure people out there Boom, did. Oh, my God, but that sounds like... No, I think uh, it's, look, uh, it's an interesting uh, setup, uh, isn't it? I mean, punch. this is another one that needs work and... Um, 
you know, I think people, a lot of people are getting quite excited or have been very excited about the fundamentals in India recently, um, whether that sort of spills into a corporate landscape. But I think purely technical, um, you know, that 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 top that we've been seeing, you know, do you, it's similar to what we saw in the downtrend in, in the Kiwi yen. You know, do you do you look to short it at these levels or do you look to go long? I mean, I think given that recent momentum, you know, what you're probably likely to see is that banging up against that ceiling quite a few times um, and then push through, whether it can close above that or, or it turns out to be a false false close, I think is going to be really interesting. I, I, I think, you know, looking at that, I'd probably, you know, I wouldn't be doing anything right now. I'd let the market reveal itself. But I, I feel that there's prob- the probability in this one is to the upside on a breakout and a continuation of this trend. We'll have to see. But, uh, yeah, that's the way I'll be trading it. And if it does break out of that level, then I'd be, again, I'd be chasing that market, similar to what we're seeing in the, in the NASDAQ. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to play of the day. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it into something that's uh, a little bit more exotic, um, but let's bring up the cocoa chart now. If I came back in my next life as a chart, Blake, I'd want to come back as as the daily chart or weekly charts of cocoa. I'm obviously not going to come back as the chart, but if I did, this is the one I'd want to come back as because, you know, for for trend followers out there, CTAs, anyone who wants to buy high and sell higher. This is a chart that you've just lumped into your max longest trade. It's been an absolute wealth winner. You know your job as trend followers is to be um, is to it's a is to get outliers. You're going to take a lot of a lot of small losses throughout the year, um, but what you when you get it when you get a trend you jump on it and you hold it and you you know you use a trailing stop with a I, I like to use a Keltner band for example um, or a Denolchin channel which uh, you know use a a 40-day look-back period, which I've got on here, uh, but something that keeps you unemotional, something that keeps you in the trade. Um, and you can see here on a 40-day look-back in the Denotion channel that you know, you've know you stayed in the trade the whole way up and, and there's really no signs of kicking up. It's, it's pulled back a little bit, um, but yeah, I'd stay this one. I think yeah, one of the things we want to look at into 2024 is idea about diversification in strategy. It's not just about a swing trading strategy or... Um, yeah, momentum or, or whatever it's going to be. Just you, you, you know, when you master one strategy, fantastic. That's what that's your job. But then look at other different strategies that can come through because diversification in strategy, I think, is is a really really good way. And trend following um, is a really good way of getting that low correlation with other asset classes and and, and other tra- trading strategies. And if we have a look at the cocoa chart, I mean, it's it's doubled because of really, yeah, the effects that that the El Nino patterns had on West Africa and you know crop yields are very very low in countries like the Ivory Coast and Ghana, these these big cocoa producing regions. And as a result of that, you know, you've seen the situation where Coco's gone through. I think there's more in there. I think I'm staying into it. I haven't been given this stop signs, but my, my point here is, Blake, is get some trend following in your life as well. Um, it, you know, once you understand the, 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 the systematic approach, um, you know, these are the things that you don't, they're very low touch. You can stay in them and you don't have to just, you don't have to work the system like you would do in a scalp or a day trade. All right. Well, I tell you, that is a nice, nice chart to reincarnate as, I guess, if that is what you have to do. <laughs> if that is what you have to, you're forced to do after you pass away. That would be great. All right. So uh, my, my play of the day is going to be the US dollar, Swedish krona, because we're in a secular trend. Get it? Secular Fair trend. That, that was good, right? It was good. Do I win? Yeah. Yeah, what do I win? Today. All right. Um, All right. So, down. hey, um, one of the reasons why uh, you, you you look at this particular, well, I like to look at this particular trade is because, um, and why I actually bought it earlier today. As soon as I got up this morning, we hit 1042. 
Uh, we were trading at 1042. I picked it up, spun out of it around 1047 uh, at 10.47. It's trading around 10.45. I already put on another little piece and I'm looking for a bounce from this double top range extension completion, 78% retracement. But more importantly, the Ricks Bank meets on Thursday morning while I'm enjoying Turkey. So reason why I, I'm, I'm going to get long some and short some Swedish Krona is because I believe that we are going to have either a dovish hike, but more realistically, I think it's going to be a hawkish hold. I think they're going to hold rates and the market's expecting a little bit of a hike. So they're going to get a, a, a hawkish hike. Market's going to be disappointed. I'm trying to get a head start. But if we can hold here above like the, you know, 10.38 level, and I can keep my stops nestled below there, looking for a bounce back to the 200 DMA. And that's going to be my play of the day, Chris. Try telling you why for someone who, who doesn't have uh, the, the huge trading experience about uh, a dovish hike or a hawkish hold. <laughs> uh, really yeah, that's... That we could we could we should spend a whole segment on that. And you know what, Chris? The the funny thing is, maybe that's not so funny, is we are going to get a lot of dovish hikes and hawkish holds probably over the course of the next give or take two years. Well, I don't know if there's going to be many hikes. We'll have to see, but uh, you can't rule that out. Everything is on the table at the moment, and an open mind will serve thee well. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for watching the show today. Hopefully, you've got something out of it. Um, and obviously, if you've got any questions, do leave them in the, in the box below. We'd love to, to hear what you have to say. Anything that you're trading, anything that you're seeing on your radar, any of the views that, that are sort of encapsulating your mind, put them in the comments box. Give us a like, and we'll see you next week for more of The Trade-Off. <laughs>